Hey mamas, welcome back to the episode. Happy Monday. I hope your week is getting off to a great start. Thank you for being here with me today. I hope also that you have enjoyed our leadership series. If you've missed part one and part two, head on back. This is part three. We started out with things to consider when moving into leadership. And then part two was onboarding, how to create a system for onboarding for your team. And we're closing out this series with coaching how to coach your team towards success, how to stop managing them and start coaching them. And in my full-time regular career, I am a trained coach and trainer and been through a lot of professional development and training in how to coach and to be a successful coach. And as I started implementing the things I learned in my normal professional job into my business, I thought there is a lot of correlation and I need to let other leaders know how to do this because I think coaching is a very unique skill And it is super important for leaders to learn how to coach their team. So I really hope that you enjoy this episode and you take away something that you can start to implement in your own leadership journey with your team. So let's go. Hey, mamas, you're listening to the Mom Squad Podcast a space for moms and network marketing. I'm your host, Melissa Wheelahan. I'm a mom, educator, coach, and trainer. For the past 25 years, I have been a part of network marketing as a stay-at-home mom, a part-time working mom, a full-time working mom, and most recently as an empty nester. And I've learned a thing or two. Do you ever feel like you're trading family time for business time? Have you tried all the things and still don't feel like you're getting anywhere? Are you always wondering where your next customer will come from or feel like the hustle never ends? Are you wanting to lead others but you just don't know how? Well then you have come to the right place. I believe that the most impactful network marketers show up for their customers and team as their authentic, humble, and real self. So whether you're just starting on your network marketing journey, or you've been in network marketing for a while, or you just need to see things from a different lens, I'm here to help. I'm going to be teaching you how to level up your business through relationships, leadership, and impact. So grab a pen and paper and get comfy because it's about to get real, raw, and authentic. Are you ready? Let's stop the hustle and embrace the journey. Let's go. Okay, let's jump right in. So this episode came to me when I um, was approached by somebody who just said, I loved your episode and I, and I have this thing going on and I'm wondering, wondering, you know, what your thoughts are. And I thought, let's just jump on the jump on zoom and we'll do a little coaching call. And I thought, Oh my gosh, duh. I've been using all of my professional coaching experience skill set that I use in my regular job, my regular nine to five job in my business and didn't even realize it. So I'm like, this definitely needs to be an episode because coaching is so important. And what I find leaders do a lot of the times is they just tell their teams what to do. 
and they don't really know the right questions to ask to help drill down to what really is helpful or really helps the person move forward. Very often, will uh, somebody will come to you and say, "Oh, I'm you know having problem with engagement in my page," and we say, oh, "Okay, well, have you tried this, 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 and this?" That's not coaching. That's giving advice, right? That's managing. Or they say, um, "You know, you're new and you have to do this, 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 and this." And if you haven't listened to my episode on why I don't believe in daily method of operations, you need to go back and listen to that. But that's also not coaching. That is managing. That's telling somebody what to do. And coaching really is a skill set. I want you to think about sports. So whether you played a sport, soccer, basketball, football, you, you, you may have played football, maybe your husband played football, or maybe your kids are in sports. And I want you to think about what a coach really does. So if you are um, playing baseball, let's say, the coach's job is to watch the player Watch how when the player gets up to the mound, what is the stance that that player is taking? Does their elbow need to be lifted higher? Do they need to bend their knees more? Um, what does their swing look like? How fast are they running? Are they, are they you know, what? how are they rounding first base? If they're out in the field, if they're, you know, an outfielder, like where are they positioning themselves on the field? And the coach's job is to observe all of these things and then give feedback to help the player become better. So the, the coaching relationship really is about observation, observing the person, gathering information by asking questions or gathering your information through observing, giving feedback to the person to help them arrive at their next step and then watch them again. It's an ongoing cycle. So coaching is very different than managing, and I believe that it is the most important thing that you as a leader can learn how to do. And so I am going to share with you the things that I have learned in my normal professional job as an educational coach and some of those things that you can do and how that equates to your business. Because once you learn the skill set of coaching, you can apply that anywhere, Okay, so there are two different types of coaching. There's directive coaching and there's reflective coaching. Directive, co- and there are there's a place for both. There's sometimes with your teammates, team members, where you need to be directive and then you need to be reflective. The goal is to get to being a reflective-only coach. And that is where people become most successful, and that is where you see the most growth. But sometimes people need directive because they're new or it's a skill set they've never tried before. I can think like when I first started in social selling, I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. And I had to learn how to create content that added value and how to, you know, add the right friends to my page and like how to keep that algorithm going. Like there's a process that I had to learn and I needed somebody who could teach me that and tell me how to do that because I didn't yet have the experience to reflect back on. So you're in directive mode of coaching when somebody needs to learn something they've never learned and they don't have an experience to reflect on. You're in reflective coaching when somebody has had the experience and you're helping them reflect back on how it went, 
how they can do something differently. Or you can also help them reflect to think of a time when, like what in your past, like if they're coming to you in a new company and they've, to your company and they've been with another company, you might ask questions around in your last company, how did you blah, blah, blah. That's a reflective coaching question. So the reason why you want to eventually get people to a reflective space is because that's what builds their self-efficacy. Once you help people become independent and reflective on their own, you don't necessarily need to coach them as much because you've already taught them to start thinking for themselves and you've given them the questions that you're using that their mind will automatically think, oh, I remember this question that Melissa asked me once and you just start to ask yourself those questions and you reflectively coach yourself. The second thing it does is it builds problem solvers. So I don't know about you guys, but how many of you have group chats where it's the same question all the time? Oh, I can't find this. I can't find that. And you're like, oh my goodness, like it's already in the team page. Like we already posted it before, (laughs) right? Like it builds problem solvers as you coach people through. Nothing drives me crazier then when somebody asks in a team chat or usually in a chat, or I hear people say, my team asked in the chat where to find this, and then somebody posts the answer in the chat, that is directive. Like that is not helping anybody, right? We need to give them, ask them the question, oh, have you looked in the team page? Oh, here's the link, go find it in guides, right? That is helping them build self-efficacy. Okay, so, so directive and reflective go back and forth. So I'm going to, I'm going to share with you the three types of questions that you would use in a coaching model or process. Um, And we're going to use an example of a team member who isn't really getting, let's think of a team member who isn't really getting a lot of engagement. And as we're thinking through these questions, you can be thinking, oh yeah, I can see where, where I would ask those questions. Okay. So there are three different types of questions or buckets of questions when we start coaching somebody. Okay, the first one, well, there's three different, not questions, but three different um, three different ways to interact. Let's call it that. Three different ways to interact. The first thing I want you to think about when you're in a coaching model or your coaching process is how you're paraphrasing. So paraphrasing is when we restate or summarize. Um, it's And so some of those things you might say is so you're having a hard time getting engagement. Or in other words, it's hard for you to get engagement. What I'm hearing then is you're having a hard time getting engagement. As I listen to you, I'm hearing that there's a problem with getting engagement. Okay, some people will say, oh, what I hear you saying is, that is not a good question. And let me tell you why. When you say to somebody, what I hear you say is, you're making an assumption on what they're thinking. Instead, as I'm listening to you, I'm hearing, but whatever the problem is, okay? Paraphrasing. So you're restating. What happens when you become a really good paraphraser is somebody will go, yeah, 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 if you've got it right on. So if I was to say, In other words, you're having a really hard time getting engagement in your group. And they'll go, no, 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 that's not it. The engagement is fine. It's just that I don't have a lot of people. Oh, so there's not a lot of people in your group. 
right? It's not a question, it's a paraphrase. I go, yeah, 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 that's it. Okay, now you've just narrowed down what the problem is that you're gonna be dealing with, okay? So paraphrasing takes time. It really takes time to learn how to do. It's just restating back so the person can hear what what they told you back to them. And it's fascinating when you start learning how to do this and it takes practice because it's very easy. You want to paraphrase back, oh, so you're not having a lot of engagement. Okay, so when I didn't have a lot of engagement, I did that. No, you've just word vomited all over them, okay? It's just very restating or summarizing. The second thing you want to consider when working on your coaching model or process is clarifying questions. So clarifying questions are used to gain more information, uh, seeking understanding, um, and really trying to make connections between ideas for the person. So some of these would be, uh, tell me a little bit more about. So if this person's team member who's having a hard time getting engagement, okay, Susie, uh, tell me a little bit more about what you're doing to get engagement. And tell me more about is like an awesome question. Like just memorize that one, you'll be good. Um, Another one would be, let me see if I understand. So you're having a hard time with getting engagement and you only have 50 people in your group right? That's clarifying. Tell me what you mean when you say there's everybody, nobody replies to your posts. What do you mean by nobody? It's clarifying so that you can gather more information. Um, I'm curious. I want to know more about. I like that one. I'm always saying I'm really curious or I have a wondering, right? It's clarifying. Clarify what you just told me so that I can help you more. Okay, so paraphrasing, short, simple sentences, clarifying is like going for understanding, helping to clarify some of the information. And the third thing to consider is mediating questions. Mediating questions help them analyze outcomes and imagine possibilities. So the person who isn't getting a lot of engagement, one of the things you could say is, what would it look like if everybody engaged on your page? Well, what do you think would happen if you cleaned out your group and started your group smaller to get more engagement? What sort of impact do you think it would have if you started posting more about yourself? Um, What criteria do you use to decide what you're going to post on your group? What is another way you might consider posting items in your group? Or what are some other things you might consider posting in your group? Or what do you think will happen, blah, blah, blah. So these are mediating questions. Questions, they're what questions to really get them thinking. So let me take you through this person. This is a team member who's not getting a lot of engagement. I'm not getting a lot of engagement. I don't know what to do. So what I'm hearing then is you're you're not getting a lot of engagement in your page. Yeah, like nobody nobody's posting, I'm posting all the stuff and nobody's commenting. Tell me what you mean when you say nobody is posting. Well, I mean, like some people post, like, but it's really low. Back to paraphrasing. Okay, so in other words, you have minimal engagement. Yes, okay. Tell me what have you done to drive your engagement? So I'm digging, right? Uh, I'm curious. I want to know more about how often you're posting. And then you stop. You let them answer. Follow-up question maybe. Okay, tell me more about what you've, what you've, um, 
how you've used your analytics in your Facebook page to drive engagement. And then we come through this, these, these questions and then we end with, okay, so what would it look like or what do you think would happen if you actually looked at your analytics and then came back and decided when to post? So see how it kind of flows through the process If they get to a point where they're like, I don't know how to look at the analytics in this example, I would move into directive. Okay, let me show you that. Let me show you where your analytics are. And I would move into modeling. I wouldn't tell them how to do it. I'd be like, let's do it together. Let's get on there and let's look, right? Because if I tell them, if I'm talking to them and say, go look at your analytics and come back, they're not going to come back. In the moment, let's pull it up together. And we would move into directive. So you see how to find it. Oh, yeah. Okay, let's look at it together. Oh, it looks like Tuesday is a really great day for your posting to happen. Okay, so what do you think would happen if you stopped posting on Wednesday and you only posted on Tuesday, right? I moved right into mediating. So you just want to kind of learn the back and forth. So paraphrasing, right? Short restating, summarizing, clarifying, clarifying questions, ask more information. None of these are open-ended. None of these are yes or no questions. Do you post? Yeah. (laughs) Do you know what data posts? Yeah. None of them are yes or no, right? Clarifying, mediating, help them analyzing outcomes and imagine possibilities. So once you kind of have this coaching model down, how do you move them to action? So we've just finished this conversation. She's, you know, what do you think would happen if you used your algorithm, used your analytics to figure out when to post on your page? Oh, I think I would have a lot more engagement. Great. I'm going to move her to action. Moving to action is next steps. Okay. So out of all of the things we've talked about today, what is one thing you would like to start doing? And she might say, oh, I want to go back, really look at the analytics and make, make a a template for what, or make a plan for how I'm going to post for the week. Great. So what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to restate what we just agreed to. Okay. Moving her into action, I'm going to state what we agreed to. Okay. So we've agreed that you're going to look at your, you're going to make a plan for how you're going to plan your content for the whole entire week. Is that, am I getting that correct? Yes. Okay. Then you're going to ask the time sensitive question. How much time Will it take you to do that? Or when do you think you might do that by? Or, you know, what is your time frame? Something that gives them time sensitive. And she says, well, I have to work today, so I'm going to do it tomorrow. Okay, great. So I restate. By tomorrow, tomorrow, by the end of the day tomorrow, you're going to have a plan ready to go for how you're going to plan your content for your VIP group. Yes. Okay. Then I'm going to move to barriers. What barriers or challenges do you think you might encounter? And she might say, oh, I don't think I'll have any. I've got lots of time tomorrow. I don't think I'll really have any issues. She might say that. <clears throat> she might say, oh, well, um, I don't know. Like I might, like my husband might want to go out to dinner. You know, they, they might come up with a barrier. Okay, then if you do come up with that, with a hindrance or a barrier or a challenge, what are you, what are you going to do to um, make sure that you can still meet your deadline of wanting to have this done by tomorrow. And so I would just talk through that barrier. You can choose to ask a barrier question or not. I like to ask that barrier question because it's realistic. Things happen. So we went through the barriers. Then I close with accountability. Okay, great. So you're going to do this by tomorrow. I'm going to check in with you on the next day, whatever, Wednesday. 
and I'm going to see how it's going. If you get stuck at any point during this process, please reach out to me and I'm here to help you. Okay, great. So what just happened? We took her through a process for her to reflect herself on what's really going on in her group, what she needs to do for next steps. We help her set a time frame for how she's going to do it. And I'm holding her accountable because if you just say, hey, go do this or hey, you should try this and you don't hold them accountable for doing that, you're not helping them at all. So it really holds them accountable. So I know that was a lot, but let's recap. So we talked about the three things to consider, paraphrasing, clarifying, and mediating. Those are the three things you want to have in your coaching process. Then to move them to action, you want to restate what you agreed to, ask time-sensitive questions, talk about what challenges or barriers they might encounter and how they'll handle that, and then four, close out with accountability and then make sure you follow through. Okay, mamas, I hope that this was helpful I want to see you out there coaching your team to success and really help them be uh, intentional in the things that they're doing and that will just help them grow as a person and grow everybody's business. And so I hope you enjoyed this. If you did, please leave a review. Please reach out to me. I'd love to hear what you think and I will see you next week. Have a great day, everybody. Bye. Hey, mamas. Did you enjoy that episode? I hope so. Who do you know that needs to hear this information? One of the ways you can show your love for the Mom Squad is by subscribing, reviewing, and sharing. And don't forget to take a screenshot of the podcast and post it on your favorite social media platform and tag me at Melissa Wheelahan. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week.